It's January 30th, 2019, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. I'm Holly. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We hope your new year is off to a great start. We have a really fun episode for you that hopefully if you've not tackled your New Year's resolutions just yet, this is going to inspire you to get busy tidying up. We have been inspired by the Tidying Up with Marie Kondo series that Netflix has put out. And so we wanted to get an expert opinion of the new series and see what tips we might be able to glean from this method of organizing. So I won't make you wait any longer. Let's get started. Well, today we have a very special guest in the studio with us. We have Tracy Oliveras with Totally Organized a personal and business organization company here in Dallas. And Tracy, thank you so much for coming in and speaking with us and sharing all of your brilliant knowledge because we can't wait to hear from you. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. Yeah, we've been talking about doing this for a while and so really excited to have you here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you even got into organizing and what brought you to start your own business? When I had my first daughter, I started hanging around other moms and because I I was a mother later in life and um, so never really went to other people's homes with children and until I became a mom myself and started going to other people's homes and I was just amazed at how overwhelmed everyone was and how they would have dishes in their sink for three days running and... You mean that's not normal? Well, it shouldn't oh. be. It shouldn't be. And, uh, oh. you know, there's piles of laundry everywhere, and uh, and they had a maid, and they didn't work. And so, you know, it got me pondering, like, when they're overwhelmed like this, they're, they can't move on with life. Because I remember I would say, you know, well, can you volunteer for this, or can you oh, no, I can't. I'm just so overwhelmed and I can't do anything else, you know, besides clean my house. That was, I heard that over and over and over again. And my philosophy is you want to get out there and live life and not be stuck at home just cleaning all the time. Our home is our sanctuary. And when we come home, it's got to be peaceful. We want, we want to have a peaceful space Well, that's a perfect segue into what we wanted to talk to you about today, is there's a new phenomenon that seems to be sweeping the internet. I can't turn on my Facebook or my Netflix without seeing Marie Kondo popping up everywhere. Whatever her publicist is doing, it's working because she's showing up everywhere. But she is an author and an organizer, and she's put out this method called the KonMari Method, where she um, she's from Japan, so she brings a lot of that Japanese culture and tradition to her approach. But what has happened is she now has a show series on Netflix. It's such a phenomenon that we really wanted to talk to you about it and see if any of the these sort of traditional Japanese and Asian traditions that she's bringing really to Americans, you know, all the show is done in California. Are these realistic for the regular everyday people? Because like you just said, normal people don't know how to organize. It's not an innate thing that we all come to our homes with. And so can a regular normal person be trusted to carry out this method? You know, if you're just reading her book or just watching her show, 
is it really realistic? And then, you know, I'd love to hear from you what sort of things do you feel like work in her method? And and so we will talk through because I'm Holly's going to start laughing because she's not familiar with this. So we're going to walk her through <laughs> and maybe some of our listeners also have not heard it. But essentially it's called it's on Netflix. It's called Tidying Up is the name of the series. So she has a list of items. There are five steps that she categorizes in every single episode. She has them go through and start with the very first one and go through in the exact order. And I'm sure there's there's logic in how she does that. And I think what it is is she starts with the biggest problem areas first and the easiest ones to really make big progress and noticeable effects so that people can be motivated and energized and continue on the journey. And so the very first thing that she recommends is that you go through your clothes. Uh, The second item is books. The third is papers. The fourth is miscellaneous, or she calls it kimono. Um, which is basically everything else, like the kitchen, the garage, the bathroom, the kids' stuff, your office. And then the fifth category is sentimental items, Uh which, as you can imagine, would potentially be the most difficult type of item to go through because there are a lot of memories um, stored with those items. And I typically leave um, sentimental items, photographs, memorabilia, those types of things for the very end as well because... Mm -hmm. By the time we get to the sentimental items, they've practiced getting rid of things and they have the motivation now. They see actual progress. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they know, okay, you know, now do I really want a whole storage unit full of memories? No, because I've, you know, I've practiced, I've, I've exercised my organizing muscle. Um, And so that, that I do agree with. Um, I also kind of move paper down the ladder a little bit as well because um if the if someone doesn't have a lot of paper then it's it can be an easy task to get out of the way but most of the times paper really gets people stuck as well and so i like to show my clients a lot of progress some visible some visible finished projects before starting paper. I I never really like to start with paper because paper takes a long time. And so I don't want them to feel like, wow, is everything going to take this long? No, it's not. Pantries, kitchens, very quick, you know. So I like... I like to give them confidence that they can get through this process easily before starting some of those harder areas. Right. Well, because I'm sure we've all experienced that, you know, we've been motivated and ready to go Saturday morning. I know Holly's done it where she's pulled everything out of every kitchen cabinet (laughs) and it's all over the place. And we have all the great intentions to sort through and organize and put it all back. And by 10 o'clock at night, we're like... Yes. What has happened in my kitchen? <laughs> you have to make sure that you and have a lot just, of time set aside. Yes. People have, um, I think people don't understand how long it takes yeah. to and organize to do it right. yeah. a space. And I, I like to say, you know, it, you have 20 years of, cumu- of accumulation. It's not just going to all disappear <laughs> in two hours. You know, it's a process and we have to go through that process. And I think sometimes people aren't prepared. And so what happens is if they try to take on a project themselves, like maybe they've only allocated two hours to organizing the kitchen, they start pulling everything out, realize they've got to go to the baseball game. And (laughs) then all of a sudden they shove everything back into the cabinets and now they've made a bigger mess than what they started. So, and then after that, it just goes downhill from there. And so 
my a tip is just make sure that there's enough time. And back to um, Marie's process, you know, starting with the clothes is is good. I mean, I always say like. If you're functional, if you can function, you can find what you need to get ready for work, what you need to get ready for the day, then everything else is going to be that much easier. So starting with your personal space and your personal things isn't a bad area to start. Some of my clients, they, their closet's just fine. They have problems in the office. So we start there. I always start with what their top three concerns are, what's ailing them the most, but Marie's system is definitely a comprehensive uh, process that she takes all of her clients through. So Right, and one of her philosophies is do it all in one go. So that's right. why in this show, these she goes back every week or every however many days, and these the process when she visits these people as she takes them through each step can take four, six, eight weeks, even a couple months beyond that. Right, because everybody makes decisions at different rates. Yes. And so some of her clients, as, as I was watching this show, you know, some people made decisions very quickly and other people, it took them a lot longer. They really thought through each object a lot longer. But one of the things that she has her clients do is starting with the clothing, uh-huh. take all the clothing out of their closet. Now, she didn't mix like if there's husband and wife, the husband one person had time. his yeah. clothing, socks, underwear, in in one area and the wife in the other. So she never mixed all the clothing, but like, say for example, if I took all my items out of my closet, my drawers and every nook and cranny, like if I had, you know, seasonal clothes in a different closet or the coat closet or just every little cranny that I could imagine all on the bed. She called it a mountain. A mountain, yes. A mountain of clothes. Oh my God, it would be. Yeah. (laughs) And some, some, uh, one episode had the mountain almost to the ceiling. I don't know how they got it up there. They must have had to have a ladder or I something know, to, to get throw it. Them but up how the... do you ever pick out what you want? Well, the mountain. that's your process. <laughs> the, <sighs> well, but the function, I mean, the point of the mountain is, is to say, is the look shock. at all this It's shock stuff. therapy. Yes, it is. Yes. It is ah, shock therapy. Because absolutely. a lot of times people don't realize how much they have. Yeah. They're and in when denial, you take it for sure. all out, her method is really kind of like shock therapy. Look at everything that you have. Did you know that you had all of this? And how does this make you feel? Right. And and when people see it all out like that, they're obviously overwhelmed. They're embarrassed. Yeah. They didn't realize how yeah. much they had. And the second thing that taking everything out does is... It allows you to look at the empty closet in a new way. Because oftentimes when I work with my clients, they, they'll tell me, well, I've organized this space before. Well, how did you organize it? Well, I open, you know, they, they open up a cupboard. They straighten the items in that cupboard. Yes. They close that cupboard and move on to the next cupboard. You know, but we look at an area as a whole system, you know, so... That's the biggest organizing mistake that most people make is that they just look at a cupboard or a drawer in and of itself because we get stuck. We're like, okay, well, the knives have always been here. I'm going to straighten the knives in this drawer. Well, if you take everything out, then you can look at the space differently and go, well, really, I do my cutting over here, so I need to put my knives over here where I do the cutting. But if we don't do that, if we don't take things out, then we then we still stay stuck in the same rut. And so 
by having the clients, her clients take everything out of the closet, it allows them to view the space in a totally different manner. And so that is a really good part of the process. And I do it in stages, not all at once usually. So, Well, so one of her methods I think that is unique or that she really owns is this concept of does this object spark joy? Mm-hmm. And so that process is, for example, with the clothes, she will have you hold one piece of clothing one by one and pay attention to what your body feels like. Does it feel like, you know, that moment when you hold a puppy for the first time or when you, you know, something that just brings you joy and you can't help but smile? Like, what does that feel like? In fact, for several people, because they couldn't connect with the feeling, she made them go find their favorite piece of clothing Mm -hmm. and use that as the benchmark. Does this give you that? She even had a little sound that she made the ding. Yeah. And uh, which was really funny how the people were. It's cute. It's cute. Yeah. It's her little thing because she's just so. I don't know that there's like maybe two seconds on the whole thing where she's not smiling. She's just this happy, cute little, you know, lady that. Um, just brings this whole energy. But there's into her a lot thing. going on in her head. I could I could see her there's thinking. Plenty, yeah. I could see her thinking. Well, in one of the episodes too, the lady and uh, the wife of the couple kept saying, "We're just so excited and so ready for you to work your magic." And I could see it on Marie's face. I knew exactly what she was thinking. She and then she brought it up later on. She's like, "You keep." talking about my magic and I'm not here to bring you my magic. Mm -hmm. This is your magic. This is Mm -hmm. your process, your journey, and I'm here to guide you. But please don't go into this thinking that it's me bringing all of this to you. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, I'm here to help you, you Marie know, is, um, do the she's, work. She's kind of a, a coach. She absolutely will. is, yeah. She's um, not hands-on. In one way, that's good because the people, she, she really makes them take ownership for their mess. You know, this is your mess. Yeah, you know, I'm going to clean I'm, it up I'm gonna, for you. I'm going to kind of <laughs> give you a roadmap, some guidelines for how to process through your things, but you're you're gonna do the work. And when she leaves the house and there's a big pile of clothes on the bed, you know, they're overwhelmed. And what do people do when they are overwhelmed? They wanna get out of that feeling as quickly as they can. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna do whatever they can to make that feeling go away. And if that means they've gotta get rid of some of that mountain, then that's what they're gonna have to do. They When it's out of the closet, they've gotta face it. Because maybe they have to go to sleep on that yeah. bed at some point, <laughs> and they're going to be re- relocated to the couch for a little while or yeah. something. And if so it, it, it forces them. This is what happens. So I just moved from my house. I lived in my house for 13 years. And there were things in my attic and things in other spaces that I never needed that space for anything else. And so the items that were there, I didn't need them anymore. Mm-hmm. But it, I didn't need to move it either because I didn't need that space for anything else. So it just stayed there, just kind of stagnant. So a lot of times in people's homes, we have so much, 80% of what we have, we don't use, but we don't worry about it because we've got storage for it. Mm -hmm. It's only when you don't have storage for it, Mm -hmm. or you need that space for something else, or you're gonna move, or you you had a water leak, and now you've gotta move everything out to fix the water leak, and so on and so forth, that we have when we have to manage our things because they become displaced that's when people become overwhelmed and have to deal with it so that's what she does she displaces all of the items so that they have to deal with it yes exactly well and and one of her things that she does is not only does 
does the item spark joy and and that's your criteria for whether you're going to keep it but then the things that you decide you really don't love and that you're ready to get rid of mm-hmm. you actually express gratitude to that piece right. for teaching you that like say for example this thank you for teaching me that this green is not my color and that I don't feel good in this green and I won't ever buy anything in this green again you know thank you shirt I've never worn <laughs> with, with tags still on. Uh, thank you for teaching me that, which kind of is funny and it sounds just right. sort of corny to probably to most people. But if you sort of follow her thought process, of, it's a you know, positive way of looking. It's at absolutely things. a positive way. And that way, it's a positive energy leaving. It's mm-hmm. a positive energy mm-hmm. staying. And, and somebody else will enjoy it more yes, than you. Yes. Yeah. She even said, you know, she even corrected one of the folks on the TV show of, they were just tossing, you know, almost like you would, you know, throw in a banana peel in a trash can. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, 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 place it, you know, with purpose over here and do it nicely. This whole process needs to be on purpose. Right. And I think um, if anything, you know, whether whether or not people who read her book or watch the show do anything, if they if they don't do anything that she ever recommends, she has helped people look at their things differently. Yes. And that's a good thing. Because why should we keep, why should we be bogged down with a bunch of stuff we don't love? I mean, I can't tell you how many times my clients' closets are cluttered and full of gifts they don't want, but mm-hmm. they feel guilty that so-and-so gave it to them. And, well, they'll come over and, and they'll want to see this object displayed on my on my shelves, but I don't really like it. But they'll get mad if it's not there. And you know, there's so much guilt surrounding yeah. some of the things that we have. We feel guilty for throwing away your your dad's old shirt or, uh, you know, a set of tools that maybe he handed down to you or, or just things that are handed down to us in general. There's guilt associated with getting rid of gifts or, you know, one client had a kitchen full of vases because, you know, floral vases from the, from the floral shop because she felt guilty after she threw the flowers away of throwing the vase away too. Well, now there's no room for anything else in her kitchen and her cabinets are a little bit of a Tetris. And if she pulls out (laughs) the wrong thing, we're going to have a whole bunch of glass crashing around. So Marie's system kind of helps people to look at things differently. Like, why am I holding on to this? And do I need to? Mm -hmm. You know, does this bring me joy? Is this something that I want? And I liked liked what she said, you know, what items am I going to carry into my future? Mm-hmm. I noticed that And that's that a too. good way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. And so I really do appreciate how she's gotten people to look at what they're holding on to differently. Because it really helps make my job easier, <laughs> yeah, too, absolutely. When, I go, uh, when I go help organize. Yeah, so that, that was a question I had as I was watching these shows and thinking about you and this talk we were going to have, is this process was very much personal to the homeowner uh, and she was sort of their coach. But so as you, as a professional organizer, when you go into somebody's home, you can't sort through their clothes for them because you don't know what sparks joy for them or what they want to keep. So how do you coach or do you coach in a different way? Well, um, from um, what she we're was more doing? hands-on. Okay. Um, we're definitely completely 100% hands-on. Probably 70% of the time uh, we're organizing and the client isn't even at home. Sometimes we'll get guidelines from our clients um, of things. Well, I know that everybody, we could all list about five things in our home, at least five things in our home that we know right now we don't want. Times about 100. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason we don't get rid of it is because we don't have time. 
Marie's clients, you know, they have to have a level of self-motivation. They have to be extremely self-motivated to get up every day and go through that pile and continue and continue. They have to have um, a drive, a need, a catalyst to get it done. Or a deadline. Um, Right, or a deadline. Several of them did, yeah. Yeah. So every person on her show had a definite reason to get their things managed, to go through everything and and pare down. They all had a reason. So a lot of times, you know, the, the clients that we work with, they're busy working professionals. They want to get organized. They can either do it themselves. They, if they took enough time, they could do it themselves, but that's not how they want to spend their time. When they come home, they want to spend time with their family. They don't want their weekend to be organizing the garage, organizing the kitchen. They want to spend time with their family. And so we help those types of clients. We organize it for them. But yes, you're right. I can't say are you going to keep this shirt or that shirt? And so a lot of sessions, you know, when we're dealing with really personal things like that, I work with the client. And what I do is I make, I take that pile and we don't take it all out onto the bed, but I'll bring out things in categories. Here's all your scarves. Oh, okay. Let's go through the scarves. Then they go through the scarves. And when they're done with that, I'm arranging them back in the closet while they're going through the next pile. Here's all your sweaters. And then I go, you know, so I'm bringing things out in categories because, so it's kind of like the Marie Kondo method, but on a micro level. She does it on a right. macro level where everything's Everything. in a big pile. I do it in a in a category system. A more managed system. Yes. Yeah. And then okay. it's not so overwhelming. We don't have to bring everything out so we can do things little by little. So, Well, one of the things that she does that I, when I first saw just little clips and previews of the series is that she has a very specific method of folding like shirts and Mm -hmm. pants and even kids clothes and whatever it happens to be. She likes putting things in drawers, but what she does is she does it in a way that they actually will stand up. So she wants you to stand all of your t-shirts up in a row or all of your socks or your ties and then put them into smaller boxes so that they stay contained and within their own zone Mm -hmm. and I just thought that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard because I thought what on earth like yeah are you kidding me I'm trying how do you fold your clothes in the drawers like my mom showed me 40 years ago (laughs) in little stacks (laughs) right yes exactly but yeah so I'm you know everybody has to be taught a method and why not learn and traditionally yeah traditionally that's how we that's how everybody folds their clothes and just like I know, and just like she knows, most people are out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you open up a drawer, what happens? You only use the top things on the drawer, generally. Yeah. Um, most often, people do not go down to the very bottom because we have our favorites. Remember, 80% of what we have, we never use. So 80% of our you know, pajamas we don't use. We have 20% of our favorites. I mean, we all know it. Yeah. We, go to, we have our favorites in our closets and... We don't see it because it's at the bottom. So right. so she has it to where people open their drawer. They can see everything. Well, and at that point, everything is something you love. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you want to have access to everything? Right. Because it's right. all top-notch, everything you'd want to wear. Right. And and that theory. system, I mean, that system has been around for ages. I mean, I when I first started organizing, I would set my clients up with their camisoles and their T-shirts all you know, beautifully standing up on end in their drawers to create space. It actually, you know, creates a lot of space. And if um, somebody has a lot of items, then they can fit more into the drawer. That way we can fit more into a drawer with items folded than if it's just loose and tossed in there. 
And so I would set up um, their, their drawers that way, and it's beautiful, and they'd open it up, and they'd go, oh, this is lovely. But then I would come back, like, maybe a month later, and the whole system had fallen apart. <laughs> I'd open yeah. up their drawers. Oh, how are your drawers doing? And I'd open, and oh, well, we're not keeping this system at all. They said, well, it just started taking a lot of time to fold things that way. My cleaning lady, she does the laundry. She didn't do it right. And you know, I would take things out and it would start falling over. And so I would just shove it back into the drawer. And my point to all that is that's a great system, but you have to be consistent and you have to maintain it. And everybody has to be on board. If we do the children's clothes that way, they have to be on board. They can't just start tearing things out of the drawer because then that breaks the system down. Whatever, Whatever organizing method you choose to have in your drawer it just needs to be consistent. Once I started seeing that the system was breaking down, then I stopped setting it up that way. And I would ask my client and say, okay, I can do this, I, I can do this, or I can do this. What's going to be sustainable for you? What's going to work right. for you? And I'll show them, you know, I would show them that way. And they'd be like, oh, I'll never, I'll never keep up with that system. It looks great. And it looks, you know, I'd love to be able to, I'll never keep up with it. Right. So I'm like, okay, then we're not going to set you up that way. Cause we're not going to set you up to fail and right. not keep things. Right. Most, honestly, most of my clients, they, they just toss things into their drawers. They, they're like, please don't fold my underwear. I just, just toss them in there. And that works if you have one category per drawer. Yes. yes. If you have one category, like one underwear drawer, you can just toss it in there. And then you, they just dig around and they don't have to worry about unfolding something and, and that works for them. So if that works for them, and that's what's going to help them stay organized, then that's how we set it up. And if somebody really wants to set it up the Marie Kondo way, then we'll do that too. You know, But it's got to work for them, and they're the ones that are going to have to maintain it. So exactly. they have to yeah. agree to it. Yeah, that was sort of my concern. Well, I'm a tosser, mm-hmm. and I've got, I'm a tosser too. I've got container store alpha. And so I've got one of these double drawers for each of my different categories. And so it's just, I take the clothes basket in the closet and I'm just, okay, there's the underwear, there's the socks, there's the other type of sock, there's, you know, the washcloths. And it's just a, a quick toss. It takes me 30 seconds to unload the, the bin from the and dryer and I'm done. Mm-hmm. And it's and I know where it is. Right. It works. Because who really looks, who really looks in our drawers anyways? Right. I mean, our dresser drawers. I mean, not even our best friend goes into our dresser drawers. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter how it looks in there. Now, a lot of the other visible spaces, I do like to set yes. them up to where it's visually yes. appealing. They feel peaceful when they go into it. But dresser drawers, it's whatever's going to work for them. And I, quite frankly, toss my underwear and, you know, personal items in, too, because I want to save time. <laughs> they are, yeah. And, but hey, it's I know where Whatever I know where works. everything is, and I just go, you know, I go to my drawer, and it might not be folded, but it's, but I've but I've got it all there. It's all in one yeah. place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all in one place. And you well, know and where it is. yeah, and that was a big piece of of her system too, and probably of most organizing systems is like the whole process of pulling everything from everywhere in the house of like kind of the same thing, Mm -hmm. whether it's all the glasses in the kitchen or all of the utensils or all of the dish towels or wherever you stash all those different things, get them all in one place, group things of like size of like, you know, however you want to group things, but then you know where they go. Like you were saying with your husband, you knew where things were meant to be. Exactly. And when you do, and when you do group things like with like, 
and you see, man, I've got a hundred water glasses. Why do I need a hundred? You know, if, right. you, if you didn't know when, that you had all that, then then it's easier to say, okay, please, I can get rid of some of this. Right. You know, yeah. and so it's and that's that's another thing that grouping things like with like does. Well, that in fact, that um, the couple of the two guys that were there, they had it was just two of them, but they had twenty six coffee mugs. Yes, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, maybe we don't need this many. <laughs> Right. But, but how would you know that if they're sort of scattered all over the yeah. house? Yeah, I just recently yeah. did that with all my candles in my house because I had them stored in four different places. Yep. And so I pulled them all together, all the different types of candles, from the tea lights to the big ones to decorative ones. And I went ahead and got all the candle holders at the same time. And I just went, oh, my God. God, you'd think that I was burning the house down. <laughs> and so I got rid of half of it. Yeah. And then the rest of it went into some drawers in one cabinet. And I know where all my candles are now. Right. And it right. was it was just sort of Well for me, and and I don't know why, but I love cute little notebooks, little spirals. I go to Target and I'll see a a pretty decorative little notebook and I just have to have it and you know I have all my little notebooks in one spot, and I'm like, okay, no, I can't, <laughs> I can't buy any more little notebooks until I either get rid of some of them that I have or use the ones that I have. So by having you know one item in in one place, it kind of creates a boundary too. It's like I'm only going to have notebooks that can fit in this spot, right? And if I start going beyond that, then I have too much. And so having a, a defined home for something also keeps a little bit of accountability on your purchases. I have to walk away from the notebook section. In I don't know what it is. So uh, I think it's the possibilities of a clean notebook. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but... I'm sort of going through that process mentally because we're going to be moving our office mm-hmm. to my house in about six months. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to be bringing office supplies to the house. So am I going to be merging my office supply collection with the office's office supply collection? Or are we going to have it in two separate places? And that's sort of been driving me nuts. And so, but I've got to think through that because there's the personal stuff and then there's the office stuff. Right. I think we're going to have separate office stuff. Uh, but it, I was just going, oh, what's going to happen when we have to have that in two places? In well, yeah, house? because if you merge your personal stuff with the office stuff, then somebody grabs one of your personal things. It's like, oh. Well, I yeah. wouldn't care because it's just Laura. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she, she can grab she anything can have anything she personal wants. Okay. that's mine and all. It <laughs> doesn't matter to me. She, you will hunt me down, though, if I take your favorite pen or your favorite architect scale. Favorite I don't have <laughs> Yeah, but it all takes thought. It yeah. really does, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, here's here's one thing. As I was watching her show on Netflix, um, I wondered, you know, because we don't really see her coaching them on how to put everything back. Yes. So I wondered how did they, did they just fumble through that on their own? And then because she comes back and she acts really surprised yeah. at the final result. And so I'm wondering how, because my client's, the ones I work with, they wouldn't be able to do that kind of a job. I don't <laughs> know. I mean, yeah, yeah. And so that that's how I help them find the places to store things. And, and so I was very impressed by that. You know, they were yeah. very self-motivated clients, very willing to figure it out. I, I mean, some aspects, I mean, I'm sure she doesn't 
you know, we don't see all the behind the scenes yeah, of those of shows. And there's a lot of behind the scenes that we don't oh, yeah. see. Oh, yeah. But it would just, it did leave me questioning, okay, well, how did they get that there? So I think it probably would leave a lot of viewers wondering, okay, well, I can take things out. I can go through it. I can find what I really like. But how am I, how, how do I get to that point where I put it all back. How do I do that? Yeah, so. because that's as important or even more important mm-hmm. than the, just the discarding and the purging and getting to that point where you know exactly what you want to keep. But then if you don't put it back in an organized way, you're going to get right back to exactly. the same Exactly. Yeah. Right. And I've heard, you know, I've read blogs and I've read stories about people taking things out but then getting stuck and they've put questions out on the internet. Okay, now what do I do? And and so they're watching this show and, and maybe in the book it describes it a little more. I did read the book, but I can't remember if, um, you know, if she gives step-by-step instructions. There is a chatter out there on the internet. Okay, now what do I do? I've done this and I'm stuck and now I do, right. do I just shove it all back in or, you know, so there, so there is some questions lingering. Well, and I would imagine there there could potentially be anxiety mm-hmm. over the empty space that's left. Mm-hmm. Because if I have a very full packed bookcase and I've taken every book down and through her process I've discovered that I only want to keep about 40% of the books and the rest are going off to be sold or donated, mm-hmm. then what do I do with those empty bookshelves? Do those books live there anymore or do I put them somewhere else? And No, you get and, rid of the bookshelves. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're built in, you can't. <laughs> right, yeah. And then how, so then we've got empty shelves and, and that can cause anxiety for some people. They don't know how to style them or how to do it so that it's calming and pleasing. And so then what? Do I have to go buy more books that I love? Because I, I've lived for 20 years in this house looking at a full bookshelf right and I mean I could see that causing really big problems for folks or the you know the messy person the purchaser in the family that they might start filling it up with other things you know sometimes you know I've worked with clients and they're like okay like spread all this out even though we don't have as much I want it to look full because otherwise they're going to start filling it up again there's all kinds of psychology and things aren't just going to be solved in in one show or one book but but yeah, there's there's a lot of what what do I do and so how do you help people with the fear of what if I'm gonna need that in the future and I just got rid of it because people will keep things thinking mm-hmm. oh well I may need that someday I don't use it now and I haven't used it for a long time but what if I need that right. extra rice cooker someday so how do you help people let go of those things when they 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 fear regretting it. Typically, when I work with older people, back when I was growing up, I mean, you kept everything, and we didn't have a lot of uh, expendable cash like people seem to have, right. and, and things weren't as cheap as they are today. You know, you can go and get pretty much what you need at a pretty good price. The mentality of the older generation is we save things, and that's that's useful, and if it's useful, then we must keep it. And I always bring people back to their goals. Your goal is to have, you know, you describe to me that this is how you want to live, and this is what you want this space to look like, and this is how we want it to function. So even though something is useful, if it's not something that you're using right now, and we need this space for something else, then we're going to have to make decisions. Like some people hold on to the sour cream containers 
because they can put buttons in it or they can, well, we can put buttons in this, we can put something in it or yes, we can, that is a useful item. We can put stuff, but how many do you need? You know, so if they've got like 50 of those sour cream containers, (laughs) then I say, you're correct. It is useful, but we only need to really hold on to maybe 10 of them and we'll let somebody else use the other 40. Yes. You know, because imagine if you keep every sour cream container for the rest of your life, but you're not using them. So it's going to clutter up your house with maybe someday, you know, type of items. Right. And so there is an element of that in all of us, but you just have to make sure that you have space to store those someday things. I mean, out in my garage, I have a, a bin of rope and, you know, ties, you know, ties and stuff like that. We don't use those every day, but I have a location for those. They're in a home and that home is full. And so I know when I go to Lowe's, I don't need to buy any more rope. If I see rope on sale, I don't need to buy it because I (laughs) have plenty, Yeah, you know. And so you have to get to a point of plenty. And when we have our storage spaces defined, the utility space, we've got batteries, light bulbs, um, maybe a small bucket of of indoor tools, those types of things. When we have a location where they're kept and maybe we have a battery bin, and a light bulb bin, when those areas are full, then we know we have plenty, we have enough. So now we don't need to go buy more batteries, we don't need to go buy more light bulbs. We, our our container for that maybe someday, we don't need to save anymore, now we can recycle the rest. And so I try to teach them how to know when something is enough. Because everything that we keep has to fit within the confines of our space. If we don't stay within our limits of storage space, then things start to um, flow over. It starts to clutter up the living room, the kitchen. So what you decide to keep has to stay within the confines. And so if you want a whole cabinet full of sour cream buckets, then you have to realize that you can't have something else. Yes. It's all about choices. Mm-hmm. So I have some clients that want to keep 300 pairs of shoes. Okay, well, because it's, it's not for me to say, you know, you have to get rid of your shoes. You know, if, if that's what they want and that's what it brings them joy, it's like, okay, well, if we want to store these shoes, we're going to take up a lot of space in your closet and two guest room closets. Are you okay with that? Is that? Right. Yes. Now that means that we can't use this closet for these other reasons. Or, or when your guests come, they won't be able to hang anything. Are you okay with that? Sure. Okay, that's how they want to use their space. Right. That's what's important to them. So we have to just realize that when we decide to keep something, we're making a choice not to keep something else because we have to have we have to have a space for everything. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, okay. that's a fantastic point. So when you... Um, it's kind of like which comes first, the chicken or the egg. So when you you help them take inventory of everything they have and then find the place to go put it, or do you decide this is the closet that's going to be available for craft supplies, for example, and we're only going to keep the craft supplies that will fit in this closet? When I'm organizing a home, it's not just a room that we're organizing. I look at the house as a whole. You know, because a lot of the times clients have things in the wrong rooms 
Or they've got yeah, always. they've got crafts in this room, crafts in this room, and like they have crafts on multiple spaces. And Just they've like got candles. Right, candles. Yeah. You yeah. had candles in four different spaces. Yeah. Well, people have a lot of the same things in multiple spaces. And when it goes to when it comes time to go find something, they don't know which space it's in. And it's mixed in with a bunch of other stuff. When we're working in a room, like say I'm working in a laundry room and there's homework in the laundry room. Well, homework doesn't belong in the laundry room. So we get rid of things that don't belong in that room. And then, I, and then if we have space left over, I say, okay, what else would you like to store in this space? Like we have a whole cabinet where, you know, we can put the batteries in the laundry room. We can zone this as the utility zone and store these things. And then so we start gathering them from other areas and getting the right objects in the right rooms. That makes sense. Because people think, okay, laundry room, utility, all right, I'm going to go there to get the trash bags, cleaning supplies, and those sorts of things. Um, so we set things up that make sense and, and get pool toys and, and bubbles and you know things that maybe don't belong in there out. So in the case of like crafts, I like to set people up with point of use. You know, where, where are you going to do the crafts? Mm-hmm. And let's set it up there because nobody is going to go get the paint from this room walk it all the way down the hall and paint and then walk it all the way, you know, typically. It doesn't get put back. It doesn't get put back right. because by nature we're all lazy and it's <laughs> got to be simple and easy. We just like, uh, we define the best spot and usually it's in the kitchen. So if we can carve out a space in the pantry, like at my my old house, um, we didn't have a lot of different storage spaces, and I, but I had a huge pantry. And so I zoned out my pantry. I had the food section. I had the entertaining pieces section, and then I had the crafts section. And my kids did the crafts at the kitchen table, and so that was perfect for, for us. Now I have a completely different area where I keep all the crafts because we have more space, and I the kitchen is just the kitchen pantry is just the kitchen pantry now. But when you have a smaller space, you sometimes have to have dual purposes in one location. And and we figure all that out. Like, what is important to you? What's important to the client? What what um, what do you want to be able to do in this room? And then we store the things that they want to be able to do. Yeah, well, no, and that's a perfect, um, you know, one of the things that Marie does is have the homeowners visualize mm-hmm. in as much detail as possible. And in a way, that's kind of what we do with our design process right. is really visualize what does your home look like? How does it feel? How does it function? And what do you want your life to look like after you tidy up and how do you want to move forward and they most of them that said you know I feel really inspired by really putting energy and time and focus into that vision that sort of fuels them to keep going to stay motivated and focused on getting the task done right and usually what I find is because a lot of times people are hiring us on a leap of faith. You know, as much as I try to explain during a consultation what we're going to do and how this process is going to work, they really still don't quite get it until Mm -hmm. we have the first day together. And we need at least four hours to make a visible difference. And then once they see how in-depth the process is and how deep we go, you know, we leave no stone unturned, no no nook and cranny unchecked. You know, we, we get everything out and look at it, not in big, huge piles, but in but in <laughs> stages and steps. Um, so that's not overwhelming. So it's not something that they, oh gosh, I can't go through that process again. You know, so we make it easy 
for them to process their things. Once they have that first session, they get it. They see how much better their life is going to be without all the stuff. Sometimes they'll, I'll come back like the next day or the next two days and, and they'll be like, after you left, I was on such a roll. I, I went through this and I went through this and look at all these bags of donations I have. And I'm like, yes. Yes, you exactly. know, because Because they see that they don't need all this stuff to be happy or to feel secure. And they're like, they, because they realize life is going to be so much simpler yes. without having to manage all this stuff. Yeah. And, you know. Well, and that was really the takeaway that I you know, as I watched the show, as they interviewed the, the people after the process, they all were so thankful for having mm-hmm. gone through this process and and the new energy and new just like they they even said the rooms feel lighter they and do. they don't feel weighed down anymore and they have their relationships are better. They they're not bickering and fighting with their partner. And so just the whole energy of the house and their family works better. The kids are not nagging the mom anymore because they can't find anything in their room. The kids are taking more responsibility, which makes them more productive at school. I mean, it really overflows into all other areas of life, which is quite amazing. And you have more time. Like, think about it. When you come home from work, if you're not stepping over stuff or having to yell at everybody to put stuff away, I mean, how much more peaceful that evening is going to be. And you can really spend time, you know, developing your relationships and instead of managing stuff exactly you know and that's that's the whole goal is is freeing up our time so that we can do what matters most go running go work out go um you know go for a walk have dinner you know yeah and, and not be stressed out yeah i think well this could be a topic for a whole nother podcast but the whole power of devoting a certain amount of time to what fills you up and energizes you and gives you those, like for us, creative outlets Uh of not having to just be bogged down by the day to day, like you Mm -hmm. said, stepping over stuff and yelling at your kids and, Mm -hmm. and just the, you know, life. If you have make space in your world for new, amazing things, it makes all the difference. So, right. And you know, that, that, that brings me to, to a good point, too, is like our clients are organized. They have to maintain it to a degree. Every day, I, I do 20 minutes of pickup. I mean, even at my house, you know, things get brought out. and But picking up is so much easier because if I find a bobby pin, I know exactly where the bobby pins go. Yes. And that goes there. And, and the hair ties go here. And this is where the scissors go. And all the pins go here. And so and cleaning and, and tidying up, it, you have to develop a routine because it, it doesn't stay organized on its own. Yes. Everybody has to put things away. And, and so part of my routine is just a 20-minute pickup every day. I spend 20 minutes, and sometimes I'll get the kids involved, and I make them responsible. I'll say, okay, um, this is your pile. Go put this in your room. This is your pile. You know. And so they, they go put their things away. Um, and then we can sit down and enjoy. And, you know, what happens is clutter, clutter is postponed decisions. You know, we, oh my gosh, when I need to embroider that on a pillow. Yes, well, <laughs> oh it's, my gosh, that's powerful. Say it, say it again. Decisions. Well, it's not, I, I it can't, is. holy smokes. I cannot claim that I'm as my own. My, <laughs> my mentor is Barbara Hempel. She's been, um, she basically is the, the, the mother of organizing. She's been an organizer for 40 years and and she's uh, one of my mentors and she she coined the term clutter is postponed decisions yeah absolutely and it truly is is because think about it 
you bring the mail into the house and you don't open it that day. Mm-hmm. Then the mail comes in again and again and you, ha- you haven't opened the mail all week. Now you have this big mountain of mail and now it's overwhelming because you know, oh my gosh, it's going to take me two hours or more to go through that pile of mail. I'm just not going to do it. And then more and more. So all that, that decision not to go through your mail on a daily basis, which is part of one of my routines, is we go, we open the mail every day mm-hmm. and, you know, put the bills where the bills go and the coupons where the coupons go and, you know, action items where the action items go and that sort of thing. And so I don't have this overwhelming pile of mail and I, it, it makes it easier to process. It takes me five minutes at most yeah, to go day. through the mail each day. But when you postpone that decision to go through the mail, it builds up. And when you postpone that decision to move those shoes from the front door to your closet, then all of a sudden you've got five pair of shoes and now everything becomes a chore. Yes. Okay, so we need to wrap this up because I have stuff to do at home. I'm going to have to leave. Uh, you're we not... need to talk again. Right. Well, have... yes. yes. I mean, um, I can talk about this all day long. All day long. Oh, my goodness. I'm feeling We've got some other things we need to talk about with this subject. But Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is amazing. I'm so inspired. I'm so glad you came in today. I'm so grateful to be here. It's so much fun talking with you guys about this, and possibilities are endless. I mean... And there's yeah. just so much psychology, so much that goes into people and their homes and their things. And well, while you were talking, I was remembering a story from my college days, which is, you know it stuck with me. I had got my first apartment, and so my parents were coming to visit. We were doing everything on a shoestring, getting mm-hmm. me through college, mm-hmm. and I had a job. Well, I was going to school. So they came to visit, and so I was cooking dinner in my new little apartment for them. I can't remember what the dish was that I made, but I used tinfoil. When I was growing up, we always washed the tinfoil and reused it. But here I was in my college days, and I wadded up the tinfoil and threw it away. And my mother burst into tears. I was just, what is going on? And she said, well, you threw that tinfoil away and you could have reused it. And I, and I, you know, because we always had a drawer of washed tinfoil at home that we reused when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And she was a child of the Depression, of course. So, and I said, well, Mom, I'm not going to use that tinfoil again. It's got some burnt food on it. And she says, well, you could have washed it and used it. And I said, I don't have room to store tinfoil like we do at home. This is a tiny apartment. And she said, well, you've got to find some place to put it because we're struggling so hard to get you through school. And, you know, and you can't just throw things away. And that has always stuck with me. Oh, my goodness. And so there's that whole psychology right. that I adopted. Did because you start saving the tinfoil in your I apartment? I did for about two weeks, and then I realized I didn't have a place to put it. But there's that whole psychology that was ingrained in me when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And so, and I still find myself affected by that psychology. Do you save of the tin bags? And so, there's stuff that I save that I shouldn't be saving. And I have a hard time letting go of some things. And I keep going, okay, it's just tinfoil. You know, right. I have to tell myself that story so that I can let go of it. 
right. and, uh, and realize that, well, this is my mother speaking through the generations to me. And that's the way she grew up. You know, her mother saved rubber bands and every bit of string and thread and, mm-hmm. and everything. Because I remember those drawers at my grandmother's house. And she saved every twisty off the bread wrappers. She yep. saved everything. And I can't live my life that way. Right. It and takes I time. It takes time to save all of that. I know. And I shouldn't live my life that mm-hmm. way just because that's, but that's what I grew up with. So I'm constantly having to fight that within myself. Right. So I know what the struggle is having to let go. Of that's stuff. very interesting. Yeah. All mm-hmm. of those useful things. Yes. The twist high is useful. But yes. How many do you need? And right. do you have the time? Do you have right. the space to yeah. store it? You know, and so it's and am all I going to use it again? No, because the next bag I get of bread right. is going to have right. one on it. So yeah, you know, you've got to let all that stuff go. Mm-hmm. So it's there's quite a bit of psychology involved in all this. It is. It's amazing. But thank you for oh, thank you for having me. Yes, this is a pleasure. Thank you so much, you. Tracy, for coming in. This has been a lot of fun. We'll talk again with you soon. Thank you. Well, if you're like me, you may be listening to this on the go in the car, or maybe just at a place where it's not really very convenient to take notes. And we had so many great takeaways and tips from Tracy in this episode. We went ahead and put together some show notes with photos from Tracy's projects, her organizing before and afters. We also have links to Marie Kondo's website and more information on the KonMari method. So please feel free to visit our show notes page at hpdarch.com forward slash ahh80. That's for Architecture Happy Hour episode 80. Be sure to hit subscribe in whatever podcast app you enjoy listening to because next week we have a really interesting episode coming up with David Shep, who is with the preservation group that is trying to save the oldest church in Paris. So be sure to tune in for that when we release that next week. Until next time, take it easy. Bye-bye.